Welcome to Swanglinese, the only podcast talking the language of business here in the Middle East. Your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Andermo, give you their own insights, as well as interviewing business leaders in the region to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Barry, Oscar, let's talk Swanglinese. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Swanglinese. This is Oscar, and my other host Barry is in Canada for the summer, so he could not join us. But I have a really exciting guest, so and I'm shooting this from Sweden, where we have the summer office, and my guest is a Dubai-based entrepreneur, but she also is from Sweden, so she also has, uh, she also works on Sweden over the summer. So I'll just uh, introduce uh, the guest, and then we're gonna get right into it. So I'm sitting with Rosie Krop, and she's the CEO and co-founder of Lavandel an international boutique brand consultancy based here in Dubai. Rose is a recognized branding expert with 20 years of international experience in developing and managing successful brands for multinationals as well as startups across a wide range of industries and markets. Ooh, it's a long one. She's also an executive coach, a board director for several NGOs, as well as a passionate traveler and a dive master. And about six years ago, I had the opportunity to work with her. She was coaching me. And I'm forever thankful for that time because some of the goals that I set uh, that time are now achieved. So thank you for that and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Oscar. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> I know you worked for a couple of big brands. So maybe share quickly about your background. What are some of the major brands that you have worked for? Uh, I started my career at Kraft, Kraft Foods, working with their chocolate and coffee brands. Some ah, of them nice. quite famous, <laughs> Maxwell House, Dime, Marabou, etc. Uh, and I have worked during my career for a number of big brands like Accenture, Starbucks, Vodafone, Landor, Ski Star, mainly in different leadership positions within branding and marketing. And for the last eight years, I've been working as a consultant with branding marketing. When did you move to Dubai? I moved to Dubai in 2008. In I was 2000. actually working and living in London, and then I was lured away to Dubai. Mm -hmm. And it's been an exciting journey since then. <laughs> Excellent. So branding can be a bit confusing sometimes for people because there's a lot to it. So um, what is your definition of branding and what are some other <laughs> common definitions of branding? Mm. That's a really good question, Oscar. And I can tell you there's so many different definitions, but I will try to explain it from my point of view. And first of all, our, I think I would say that everything and everyone is actually a brand. Even if you don't realize, that's how it is. And a brand could be seen as a set of values in the mind of any customer or any person. So it has to do with expectations. What do you expect from a brand? Uh, no matter if it's a car, it's a watch, or it's a food brand. And it's also about the experience you had with a brand, positive or maybe negative. That defines the brand within your mindset. And what I would say is the most critical element for a brand is the brand promise, meaning what does the brand promise to you as a customer to deliver? And any successful brands, they are very good in delivering on their promises, mm. always. Consistency is, is critical here. Um, and when brands fail and we get disappointed is normally when we have been promised something that we don't get. Mm. So being said, uh, expectations, experiences and promise, mm. three important elements of branding. And if you were a branding client, I would also tell you that if you want to create a successful brand, you have to be relevant mm. to your customers. 
and you also have to be different from your competitors. Yeah, so there's a lot there. So what are some uh, successful brands that we see currently see that, uh, that you think, oh, they, these guys, they have it right? Mm. Uh, first of all, I think I would mention Tesla, mm. which is one of my favorite brands, even if they've been in some trouble lately. Yeah. Have you seen Teslas in Dubai? I've seen two times I've seen Tesla in Dubai. It's not that common, but no, it's No, I think two I've times. seen once in Dubai, but I've seen several here in, in Sweden. You can even see them as taxis in Sweden. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I have a very good friend who drives a Tesla, and she's completely a fan. Yeah, yeah. And I was in San Francisco in May, and there's Teslas everywhere. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a fantastic car, and I think why it's a successful brand from my point of view is they managed to, to give a great promise of environmental, uh, mm-hmm. friendly, but also amazing design, an amazing driving experience. When I was sitting in Tesla for the first time, I was like, wow, this is a great car, I want it. And if a brand can create that kind of excitement, that's a successful Mm -hmm. brand. Uh, I'm looking forward to see how they solve the latest issue they had. Uh, Because as a brand, everything is about trust. And trust is also a key element in, you can do mistakes, that's okay as a brand, but you have to quickly make sure that you get back on track so people can trust you. So that's something for Tesla to, to work on. Another one that I like is uh, Virgin mm-hmm. for several different reasons. I think Virgin has been a great brand due to its challenger position. Whatever they've done is always about being a challenger. And uh, Richard Branson himself, he's really a challenger personality. And the way that he has built his brand, the way he defines his employees like friends you know his leadership style i think is a fantastic brand i haven't used that much of their services but when i've been working as a consultant we often use virgin as an example of being great in differentiation and also being very relevant to customer creating customer loyalty that's extremely important as a brand so that's two if i could pick a third one yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I would actually pick a brand that I worked with, which is Starbucks. Oh, uh, yeah. that's. Mm-hmm. And I think Starbucks has been successful in transforming coffee experiences all around mm. the world. Yeah. Uh, even if I'm a fan of Italian barista bars on the corner, and I love coffee, uh, I think Starbucks has definitely done a great job in creating a brand that is very consistent you know, if you get your latte, you know how it's going to taste, no matter if you're in Singapore or, or Rio or San Francisco. And they also created that amazing experience with sofas, nice music, you know, a friendly barista, a place you go to every day, more or less, between work and, and home. So that's why Starbucks has this third place. That's their brand promise. Yeah, it's my office many times. Exactly. It's not only you, it's me and many other entrepreneurs as well. So uh, from what I understand, they went down a little bit, but that must be after you left, right? Of course. (laughs) And then the CEO, the the former CEO came back and uh, Mm. revamping it again. Mm. True. I've actually met Howard as well in in Seattle. Mm. I would say they had difficulties due to their um, different coffee shops in the US didn't deliver what they were supposed to deliver. Uh, So it goes back to what you were saying about uh, the brand, because... 
I want to get back to that actually because you were saying uh, because when you think about branding you think about fancy branding campaigns and you know TV commercials and mm. all, I don't know but you were talking about consistency and delivering mm. on the promise so for you I, I, I would assume that a branding campaign would also include training the people and, mm. and involving everyone in, mm. in, in the organization mm. so you're absolutely spot on and uh, I have been working a lot with brand engagement that's what we call it and what brand engagement does is creating ambassadors within the organization. So you train your own people to deliver the brand promise to your customers. But the key thing here is to be enthusiastic yourself. So the leadership has to be true to the promise. They have to deliver themselves. And the core values of the company has also to be delivered by the leadership. Because so Richard you... Branson is a good example there. He is. He's a fantastic brand ambassador. Mm. And I think that's why they've been so successful, because people trust him. They look up to him. Mm. So it's very much about creating brand ambassadors, creating an enthusiastic organizations who love what they're supposed to deliver mm. to their customers, meaning their customers will love them back. Mm. So back to, to Howard there, was he the founder of Starbucks or he was the CEO? Or? He was the founder and he's been the CEO for many years. He stepped down for yeah. a while and then he came back when Starbucks yeah. US was in trouble. And I think he's been instrumental in actually putting Starbucks back on the right track. And how was he as a person when you met him? I met him just briefly. Yeah. I think he was good. He's he's living and breathing Starbucks yeah. for sure, but he's a businessman as well. Yeah. So he's been with the company for a long time. But if you go to any barista bar, any Starbucks coffee shops, I think you will find that people have been trained on the brand promise and they love what they're doing. The majority, that was my experience when I was working in Starbucks. So much enthusiasm within the organization. Mm, that's great. Mm. Mm. Uh, so this podcast is mainly for uh, um, people that are thinking about starting a business, entrepreneurs, startups, the people that already started a business, or what we call entrepreneurs, people acting as entrepreneurs in organizations. And for, a, let's say, a small to medium-sized business, what, what would you recommend to do if you want to build a successful brand in UAE? First of all, I will go back to what I talked about, the definition of branding. Relevance and differentiation are two key elements. So first of all, you need to know that your business idea or your products and services are relevant on the market. And secondly, you need to make them different from anybody else. You need to make sure that people recognize you, no matter how small you are. And how do you do that? That's the trick. You need to have a proper business plan and you need to have some kind of idea of what is the value I deliver to my customers. And that value can be different depending on what kind of product or services. It could be about quality, it could be about price, it could be about experience. It could be something that is unique to you, but you have to define it and you have to deliver it. So if you're a small business, I wouldn't be worried too much about big budgets, etc. That's not how you build a brand. You should be creative. You can try guerrilla marketing. There's so much social media out there. You can use Facebook, Instagram, all the different channels. You should make your friends and your neighbors or anyone who knows you your ambassador so they start to talk for your brand. That's the best thing you can do as a small business. And of course, get some clients right ahead. Get testimonials from them. Deliver amazing work, no matter what it is, or the amazing products and experiences. Because they will then tell everybody else that this is a great company. You should actually work with them. So to get the ball rolling is very much about making sure that you know what you're doing, that it has a value from the people you want to buy your service or product, 
and start the marketing at once, but start it in a way that you are unique. I think that would be my best advice. Mm. And the bigger you get, of course, you can then have budgets, you can have a marketing team, you can start to work with campaigns, direct marketing, etc. But use social media in the beginning. That's the cheapest way and that's the fastest way that you can get attention. Yeah, it's interesting times. I mean, anyone can just take out their phone and upload stuff to YouTube mm. and Instagram and I mean, I've seen several examples of businesses that was launched just on Instagram. Mm. And that uh, gives power back to the small entrepreneur, I think. Mm. So I think it's a great time to, mm. to start your own uh, small Absolutely. business. Absolutely. So um, I know you went from working for a big branding, branding, big branding company, right? Mm. And then starting your own uh, boutique uh, company. How was that journey? And how, how, how was it to suddenly go out with your own brand instead of, someone else brand. Mm. Uh, the reason why I moved to Dubai was actually I got a very attractive offer from a, a big worldwide branding agency called Landor and I was uh, based in Dubai but working across almost 25 different countries, Middle East, Africa, Eurasia and sometimes Europe. Yeah, I remember you were traveling a lot. Though. I was traveling constantly, <laughs> Oscar. I was away three, four nights every week. Yeah. I think I was in, in Turkey almost 100 times. You had a lot of points, years. a lot of points in the hotels. A so. lot of points. <laughs> and uh, of course, traveling is great. I love traveling. But when you travel constantly for work and you are up until one or two o'clock at night preparing presentations, having client meetings all day, the pressure of being consultant... And also during this time, it was the Arab Spring, as you probably mm. remember. Mm. Very tough time when uh, it was difficult to get the business running, actually. And we worked extremely hard. So it was a, a great time, actually. I, I, I enjoyed those four years. I worked with some amazing people. I was leading a multicultural team from, I think we were 24 nationalities, 50 people when mm. I joined. Dubai style. Dubai style, exactly. But uh, my husband told me that uh, you could actually do this for yourself mm. and you can work less and you can earn more money <laughs> and you can set your own agenda. And I think... So freedom was a big part of freedom it. Freedom was a very big part of it. Freedom, mm. I would say, flexibility. Also, not having to deal with internal politics, mm. which is something you often do when you work in any company, at least when it starts to get bigger. And also trying your own wings, you know, mm. see, can I do it? Mm. Will, uh, will my wings fly? That's quite exciting. At the same time, uh, you need to be prepared. Mm. So I would say when, when we started Lavandel in 2012, the whole purpose was to do something differently. So be boutique, meaning small, personal, agile, still international, so we work with clients uh, across the world, but in a slightly different style, which is our style. High quality, you know, excellence, but very personal. And that's mm. something that is difficult to do when you're in a big organization. Mm. Okay, so Barry is not here physically, but he's here in spirit. He sent us some questions from, from Canada, and I think we've gone through uh, some of the stuff that he's, he was asking, but... One of the questions he asked is, is uh, top tips for anyone looking to start a company in UAE? And based on the conversation we had about branding and everything, what are your top three tips? I think, first of all, preparation, like I said. Uh, it's a tough ride, specifically when you start in the UAE. 
and uh, there's a lot of documentation. You need to have money so you can survive at least six months without any income. Uh, being paid is an issue sometimes in this region. You know it as well. It can take a long time. So you also need to make sure that you have a, a good relationship with your client so they will pay you later. Uh, when you start, I think it's good to have a business plan, for sure. I mentioned that previously. To know what are you going to do, how you're going to do it. Let's say you do it over three years' time. How are you going to get your income, uh, your revenue? And what happens if you don't get it? Do you have some savings uh, during the first months? And again, building your brand is a critical point. So you need to quite quickly get clients. Uh, you need to make sure you get some reputation, testimonials. And that will get you up on track. And if I look back, I would say the, the top skill an entrepreneur needs to have is resilience. Mm, yeah. You need to be extremely resilient. And you need to, even days when it's tough to get up and you know that, oh, I'm not sure I can do this anymore. You need to go up with a smile and say, I can do it. Yes. And it's going to get great again. And I'm going to get over those challenges. So for a little bit over four years now with Lavandel, I can look back and say, yeah, we've been resilient. I learned a lot during the yearning. So don't, don't stop too early. You know, give, it, give it a try. If you're an entrepreneur, you need to give it at least one year. I there, think that's there, what, what I heard before is that there's a price for freedom and the price is going through that initial risk mm. that it takes. And you need the resilience and the persistence to, mm. to come out on the other side. So mm. There's a price to freedom, but once you're out on the other side... Then, yeah, mm. so. The only thing I would add there, Oscar, is we talked about flexibility. You have flexibility in a certain way as an entrepreneur, but... As a consultant, for example, we are dependent on our clients, mm. so we don't have that much yeah. flexibility. And that's a learning as well, mm. because client is your bread and butter. So yeah. when they want you to work, you work. Yeah. So holiday is something you forget during yeah. the first yeah. years. <laughs> uh, one challenge that I have had personally, and maybe it's the same for you, is that, I mean, Dubai shuts down in the summer, and so does Sweden, mm. which are my biggest two, two biggest markets. Mm. So suddenly my two biggest markets, they shut down and going on holiday for a couple of weeks. Like, what? We need to do some business. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you? <laughs> so, but yeah. That's... And that's something I would say also always have a pipeline. Yeah. We try to have a pipeline of six months, four to six months ahead. So we're always looking for new projects, speaking mm. with clients, booking meetings, etc. And I think that's important when you're an entrepreneur. Mm. Look ahead. Don't look too much on just today. Mm. Mm. Uh, briefly about coaching. You also work as a, an executive coach. Mm. So tell us a little bit about coaching and briefly we're running out of time so yeah <laughs> it's a big well, topic coaching is a big topic and you know as yeah. i've been coaching you some years ago uh, for me coaching started with i've always been very interested in leadership and uh, when i worked with my team members i always tried to coach them to develop them and, and inspire them to become better and i think coaching is for me very much about maximizing the potential in any individual mm. so when i took my certification some years ago uh, I had a plan of doing executive coaching for leaders and for entrepreneurs within our company. So that's something I do as well. So it's not only branding uh, programs and projects. And I work with uh, a lot of different people, uh, also on an international scale. And we always set objectives and targets in the beginning that sometimes might feel difficult for the client. Mm -hmm. 
I will never achieve this, or this is my dream, but I don't think it will happen. Mm. And my role is to kind of guide and coach the person to achieve those goals, mm. to actually believe in themselves, believe they can achieve their dreams. And I think it's amazing when you have coached somebody and you can see they start to shine, they, they get this self-confidence, they suddenly achieve a lot of objectives mm. they never thought was possible. That's a reward. Yeah, one of the goals that I had when we were working six years ago was to become a professional speaker. And I do a lot of professional speaking now, and that's, that's partly thanks to you. So I appreciate that's that. That's amazing. So. <laughs> Happy to hear that. Yeah. So why do you think, uh, why should someone work with a coach? Because I'm surprised that not everyone has a coach, because mm. I think it's so valuable. So why do you think someone should work with a coach? Mm. Uh, I would say in some markets that are quite developed due to coaching, like Australia and the US, and also UK, it's quite common that leaders on a high level they have their own coach because you need somebody to bounce ideas with you need somebody to talk about issues you have at work or how to achieve difficult targets or overcome challenges and a coach is somebody who can actually clear your mind so it's not about solving problems for the client it's about supporting the client to solve problems themselves and I think anybody who's been in any difficult situation or had some issues to solve knows that it it's actually so good to speak to somebody just to clear your mind normally you know the answers or you have two to three different solutions you just need to get your head clear and need to get often things on paper and then you can start to work out an action plan so coaching is very much action oriented it's about finding solutions and make sure you do things, not just sit there and wonder, what should I do? But actually go out there and do it. Solve the problems. So there you go, people in UAE. More coaching is needed, I think, in UAE. It's uh, very valuable. I've worked with several coaches in my life, and it's always been profound, always uh, new things coming up. Just mm. bouncing ideas with someone. You know, mm. That's someone that's listening and also tweaking you and pushing you a little bit to the mm. next think, step. Yeah, I think what you just said, pushing is important. Mm. As a coach, I always try to push my clients to actually do things they thought was either impossible or very difficult. Mm. And that's also something that develop us as human beings, yeah. develop our potential. So anything uh, else you want to, to leave the listeners with? And I want you to tell us a little bit about uh, where they can find more about you, but anything else to finish off the podcast? Uh, I Final words. <laughs> for entrepreneurs... I would say uh, have a look at your brand and see how you're doing out there. Are you different? Are you relevant? Are you delivering a great experience? That's important for any company. Um, and also, if you want to know a little bit more about me or Lavandel, you can find us on www.lavandel.com. We'll leave the website in the blog post on the website. Yeah, and we work a lot with advisory. So sometimes... We act as just advisors, strategic advisor for somebody who wants to discuss different strategies or need help in defining markets or value propositions. So we can help with that as well. Excellent. Hmm? So thank you so much for this time, Rosie. It was really interesting to... Uh, sorry, one quick question. Top book recommendation. If someone wants to read any books about branding, what book? Like, it's the first one that strikes out. Good to great. 
Good to great. Oh, yeah. Excellent book. Love mm. that one. Mm. Perfect. So thank you so much. And uh, to all you listeners out there, if you have any person you think we should interview, send us a, a comment. Go to singanese.rocks to see the previous episodes. And there you can find our contact information. So thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you, Rosie. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Swanglinese with your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Endermo. We'll catch you next time.